this podcast will be about summer school and classroom management. So if you're one of those teachers who has uh, a 10-month program and you get to have the summer off to travel, to relax, to get some sun in, or to maybe do some professional development, congratulations. You have earned it. Uh, The summer is time to rejuvenate, retool, do some reading, maybe some novels, or maybe some heavy reading so that you can come back to the school year uh, edified and ready to uh, start your year with uh, refreshed. If you're a teacher who has to work summer school, either because your supervisor has asked you to, or uh, don't be ashamed to say it, but if you need the money, or if you're in a 12-month program, you're going to run across some students who are maybe resistant, resentful, tired, cranky, upset, and uh, maybe uh, you want you want the summer school session to go well. You you don't want extra work. So here are some tips, and I also want to share a little bit about my experiences, just so you'll know that I always come from the trenches. I I was a classroom teacher for many years, and I was excited to get my first summer school uh, program because back in the day it was chosen by seniority. It was really hard to get a summer school class in my school, and I had the opportunity to work in other schools, and that was big for me because I, I really only worked in one school, and then I became uh, interested in doing my internship, and I found a summer school program working with students with severe disabilities, and that was a very interesting summer school experience, to say the least. I work with students who are blind, multiply handicapped, deaf. Uh, um, they had IEPs for emotional disturbance. I worked uh, with students who had uh, physical disabilities. I worked in preschool settings. And one year I was lucky enough to write curriculum, but that was only one year. And I also worked as an assistant principal in summer school, which absolutely was probably the best job because only the first few days and last few days were were difficult. But let's go back to the classroom management. First of all, let's look at the student's perspective. Students are in summer school for a multitude of reasons. They're either in summer school because they need to repeat a course, they need to take test prep, or they've uh, rarely, uh, summer schools run uh, as enrichment programs, but they do. Uh, students may be in summer school for another uh, a multitude of other reasons. For example, when I've always worked in urban settings, and I would talk to students who said, "Miss, I sign me up. I don't have anything to do in summer. I really need to be somewhere." And sad as it seems, that's uh, another reason why some students take summer school. They just don't have the ability to work in a camp or go to a camp, and their parents do not want them sitting home all day, and let's face it, that's not really healthy. So we have our summer school crowd, and they come in, and uh, some of the students are perky, as usual, the, the small percentage, but many students are cranky, agitated, resentful, 
and they don't want to be there. So let's just start with that. So I'm going to make some recommendations because I don't believe in just chit-chatting on my podcast. I like to give you specific recommendations, and they're going to be pretty broad because I, I have worked in from preschool to high school to grad school, so I don't want to focus on one uh, grade level. So the first thing I want to say is that students really need a sense of knowing when things will start and when things will end, especially in summer school, because that helps for them, that helps the time be more palatable. So what I like to do is I like to give the students a set schedule. And even if you're teaching high school in a block, a big block of time doing a regents prep, let's say, I would break up the period and I would put a schedule on the board. And if you're working with students with severe disabilities or students with autism spectrum, younger students, it really helps to have a visual schedule. So what's a visual schedule? A visual schedule is where you may have the time written of activities, but you also may have pictures so that students who have trouble reading or students who need uh, different modalities will understand when it's time to go to breakfast, when it's time to take out their books, when it's time to do water play, etc. And this works for little children too. Now, I would break this down and I would tease this out very carefully. Because even if we're feeding students, for example, if we have a a breakfast program or there's snack or, or meals involved, I would have a start time and an end time for each activity. Uh, Yes, you'll have students who eat slowly and we don't want to stop them from eating. But when students know that there's a start time and an end time, there's more of a healthy routine going on. Uh, My last job before I became a professor, I worked as an assistant principal in a preschool, and I observed many classes where teachers didn't have a time set for breakfast and just uh, invited students to morning meeting. And students need to know that there's a set amount of time so that they can be ready to transition to the next activity. This helps a lot with classroom management. And again, even if you're at a high school level working on the regents, I would do a set schedule so that students know exactly when things will start and end, and that makes them feel more comfortable and like they are not uh, they are not going to be in this endless draggy day in this hot classroom or freezing air-conditioned classroom or just in the classroom in general. Then we have the... Uh, The day schedule, we need to let our students know when summer school begins and ends, and we need to do a countdown. This is a great thing to get kids motivated to know that, hey, you can do it. You can get through summer school, and we only have X amount of days. And on this day, we'll be doing this special event. And on this day, we'll have this exam or this quiz. So that students have a good idea in their mind of time. And this will help uh, students without good organizational skills become more organized. Okay, now instructional. It is summer school, and we need to add in some brain breaks for kids. Now, we know that from during the year as well, but summer school, it's really important. Some of the students have not learned the the first time. I mean, they didn't learn the content the first time, or they chose to tune out or 
not go to school. So we need to present it in a different way. And we need to present it in a way that is going to motivate students. But first, we need to get students involved with each other. So we need to lighten up a bit. So I would add in intervals, like you do at the gym, like cross-training intervals of time when students can get to know one another and get into light activities and movement, and then move into segue into the academic, if there is academics involved. Some summer school programs are more about socialization, but let's say there is academics involved. We need to still build in time for icebreakers, for light movement breaks, or in a high school class, if it's not appropriate and there's too many students in the class, quiet time for them to reflect, journal, and also um, to socialize, to, to quickly turn and talk, to quickly express themselves, and to have a point of view. Now, I know some of you may be saying, but my supervisor wants me to go through this manual and there's no time for these brain breaks and uh, I'll get written up if I do this. And the thing is, there is the, the students need to buy into the program and helping them to get through sc summer school means by any means necessary. And the means necessary, are, if you add in a little bit of light time and fun, you're going to have more buy-in from the students. And you might have to look up some icebreakers and icebreakers that are appropriate for the, the kind of classroom setting that you have if you don't have a lot of room. For example, I had a class of 40 students. They just kept registering students in my first um, real high school summer school job. There wasn't a lot of uh, room to have a movement break. So when we divided, my co-teacher and I, when we divided students up into groups, we made sure that there was movement from one group to the other and that the students had flexible grouping so that there was time for the students to get up, talk a little bit, and to be involved. Uh, also, the, the motivational material. Even though you may be getting material from your supervisor, Think about it from the student's perspective. For example, again, that class of 40, where one of the uh, activities that we had to do was to read a speech to the students and the students had to take notes. This would have been a deadly, uh, a very deadly activity. The students would have gone to sleep or they would have rebelled. Instead, we decided to read a song. Uh, a rap song to the students, a clean rap song, and the students had to take notes on that. So switching up the activity to make sure it's an activity that is motivational will help with classroom management. And I know this sounds like no brainers, but sometimes we come in and we put our, you know, we put our um, every effort in to get the kids to pass the test they didn't pass or to go through the manual if this pertains to your class. And we don't think about the students' perspective. They're, these are the students who, who didn't get it the first time, or maybe they rebelled or didn't go to school the first time. So there needs to be a way to get those students on board. I would also let the students know that you care about their success in summer school and you want the very, very best to make sure that they pass summer school. Sometimes it's easy to uh, use school policy and rules 
to threaten students. I know that I did it in the very beginning, but that doesn't move the kids who are in summer school. They're in summer school for a reason. And the reason usually is not a good one. Again, we have the small percentage of students who want to socialize and need the stimulation rather than sitting at home. But a a great deal of the students need the buy-in. They need the teacher relationship to know that you believe in them. Also, it's tempting to stand in front of the room or just sit because it's so hot. And if, if possible, get around and walk around and let the students know that you're watching them. I know this sounds, again, like a very low-level um, <laughs> suggestion, but in summer school, I think it's important to, to be on your toes and watch the students even more carefully. You know, make sure that their heads are not down and make sure that they're not sleeping and make sure that they're hydrated which brings me to food and drink. I know that some schools frown upon bringing food or snacks or anything but water, but if you can help it, remember that some of the kids are not eating at breakfast and they're, they, if they need to eat, I would set up a, a situation where they know that they must help clean up, that it's their classroom and you can go over some of the reasons why as a group, just elicit it from them and bring a trash bag and have the kids make sure they do trash patrol. Again, it sounds like a low level suggestion, but these small things make the summer school go better. And, uh, you know, finally I would, uh, again, back to instruction, I would chunk up the lessons so that they that there's very small activities that can change rapidly. So 10 minutes of reading, 10 minutes of writing, 10 minutes of group, 20 minutes of group work, less teacher dominance and more student uh, participation. Again, these are just good tips for instruction, but it helps the management go better. It prevents management. What about rules and policies? Make sure that the students are aware of the summer school rules and policies that that may be different from during the year. You may have a lot of revolving door students. In the past, I know in our summer schools, the students could only come in at the very beginning, and if they missed two, two sessions, they were out. I know times have changed, and they want students to stay in summer school so that The rules may have to be repeated or posted so that the students know and understand the new students who are coming in are those least likely to follow the rules because, let's face it, those are the students who probably are coming late for a reason. So we want to make sure that the students know and understand the policies but not make them too complicated. Uh, The... the, um, The routines that you do in summer school uh, may have to change over the course of time because sometimes we're overly ambitious in terms of our expectations from students. For example, if we say, no, please don't talk while I talk, sometimes the students need a little bit of time to um, unwind and to socialize. So we need to build in those. those activities so that it's not just uh, no talking at all or uh, raise a quiet hand. We may need to have a more interactive 
type of experience. Now, the golden question is, what do you do if a student acts out? Sometimes in summer school, there's different personnel in charge. The usual dean of discipline is not there. The assistant principal may be a different person, maybe a site supervisor. Your principal may be on vacation. So most of the time, summer school classroom management is left completely and totally up to the teacher. The teacher cannot easily send a student out of class. So I would, and you're not going to have a prep. So the time to meet with the student individually is limited. So I would set up a situation where students know that if they act out, you know, you can have a little restorative conversation with them, if possible, in the room. And if not, you may have to ask them to uh, speak to them right before class or maybe um, try to call their parent. I know sometimes that is not that effective, but you're kind of on your own in summer school in terms of discipline. Uh, so you have to set up a situation where you can talk to the student individually. Again, if a student is um, dangerous or they're doing something persistently dangerous, then of course you have to call for backup. But in my experience, it's not usually that. It's usually that the student doesn't want to do the work or they're chatty or they maybe say something to to me that is a little rambunctious or a little obnoxious. And yeah, that's, that, that's also something that I learned not to take it personally. They're cranky, they're hot, they don't want to be there, and threatening them really doesn't work. And believe me, I've tried it, and it really doesn't work. That's not to say you shouldn't be firm with them, but keep an open mind about who they are and why they're there and how you can help them succeed. Some of the students need a lot of help with uh, internal controls. They, they need to know when they're being inappropriate, but on the other hand, they, um, they need to know how to express themselves appropriately. So uh, whenever possible, preventative at the front end, and uh, if there needs to be an intervention, hopefully you'll get backup and help, but if not, uh, use those restorative conversations wisely and sparingly. So I hope that I've given you some good ideas for classroom management in summer school. And uh, thank you for listening.